Was Julia Roberts really that good of a law student in the Pelican Brief? Oh, she's a genius. Absolutely brilliant. And she could solve any case that she, uh, that was put before her. So yes, yes she was. Internet marketing for smart people. Radio. Weekly tips for building and marketing your profitable business online. From copyblogger.com. Robert Bruce here, and I have got a real barn burner for you guys today. With me on the horn is four-time best-selling author, highly in-demand professional speaker, and accomplished entrepreneur, Michael Port. And in case you didn't get the reference in the opener, Michael was an accomplished film and television actor. See uh, John Grisham's The Pelican Brief for more on that, uh, before taking his destiny into his own hands. Michael's written what is, in my opinion, one of the best titled and subtitled business books ever. The thing is a powerhouse of invaluable advice and wisdom on getting clients. And we're talking about Book Yourself Solid, the fastest, easiest, and most reliable system for getting more clients than you can handle, even if you hate marketing and selling. Now that, my friends, is what you call a headline. Michael, thanks a lot for coming by Copyblogger today. Are you uh, ready to give us the goods on how we can book ourselves solid with clients and customers? Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's jump right into this. So let's start off with the big picture, the the general overview of your book yourself solid philosophy. What is that? Okay, so first um, I'll give you the touchy-feely overview, and then I'll give you the very practical brass tacks. Perfect. Overview. So from, from a... You know, personally, I, I, I think that, and I, I wrote it this way, I wrote Book Yourself Solid um, to be a business book, um, but it's really uh, a love story disguised as a business book. Hmm. Because a lot of the people that I write for don't typically love the idea of the typical marketing and, and selling. And so I figured, how do I... How do I create a, a whole system, a whole program that they would just fall in love with, fall in love with the people that they serve, fall in love with the idea of marketing and selling, and of course, in that process, fall in love with themselves as somebody who runs a business. So that's number one. And also, I believe that there are certain people you're meant to serve and others that you're not. And the operative word is serve. I and mean, that's what we are in the business of doing, serving other people as we stand in the service of our destiny. And so Book Yourself Solid is designed to help you find those people, the people with whom you do your best work, the people that you are meant to serve. Hmm. So that's, that's from the touchy-feely perspective. Yep. Then from a practical perspective, I think that the big mistake that a lot of marketing educators make is they, is they focus on the tactics. They focus on the strategies that you use to create awareness for who you are and what you offer. And I think that what's happened is that's translated into this idea that marketing gets you clients. And it, of course, seems like that's the thing that gets you clients, but I don't really think it is. I think that marketing just creates the awareness mm -hmm. for you and what you offer. And then the question is, what do you do once that awareness has been created to turn that person who has now just, just sort of become aware of you into a really, really valuable lifelong client. 
And so Book Yourself Solid is, is, is broken out into four modules. And the last module are the seven core self-promotion strategies. Not the, in the first three. Hmm. First, I want you to build your foundation. Then you learn how to build trust and credibility. Then you learn how to price your offers and have sales conversations. And then you choose a few of the seven core self-promotion strategies and you go out and do those every day because here's what happens. Think about this. Picture this. You use some sort of promotional strategy and somebody becomes aware of you. Well, what they do is they come and check out this foundation. They want to make sure that it's secure, that they'll feel comfortable standing on it. And if they do feel comfortable that that is the place for them, then they will extend their hand to you and give you an opportunity to earn their trust. But that's it. No more. Hmm. Now it's our job to earn more trust by demonstrating credibility and adding so much value that we think we've gone too far and then adding more. And of course, all sales offers must be proportionate to the amount of trust that we've earned. And the mistake that a lot of people make is as soon as they do the marketing, somebody becomes aware, then they make a sales offer. Well, we don't have the proportionate amount of trust to make that sales offer yet. And so as we build more trust, as we earn more trust, we can start to make more sales offers that are proportionate to the amount of trust that you've earned. And if you do, then you can have really great, simple sales conversations that work. And of course, you book the business. And this is a very, very uh, repeatable process. You do a few of the seven core self-promotion strategies. Somebody becomes aware. They check out your foundation. They feel good on the foundation. They give you an opportunity to earn their trust. You go about earning their trust and making sales offers that are proportionate to the amount of trust that you've earned. And guess what happens? You have a sales conversation. It's effective because you have it at the right time and you book the business. Yeah. And you, uh, you have... There's just no doubt you have thought this through to um, an incredible degree. But one thing you said that uh, really struck me in the beginning in the touchy-feely part of your intro here <laughs> is, uh, so to speak, is you, you really uh, laid out. This is something that people really struggle with, and that is they, they, they have the idea. They want to do what they want to do or sell what they want to sell within their business. Or they're thinking about, like you said, the marketing, the the. Uh, uh, first parts of the marketing process. Mm -hmm. But what you did with this book, you said, is you really laser focused, honed in on who you were talking to, mm -hmm. which is what we don't want to do a lot of the times, right? I mean, you have this idea and you're developing this system while you're writing this book and over trial and error and experience of your own. Mm -hmm. But you also made a very conscious decision about who you wanted to talk to. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think that we have to, look, we respect people that make choices. Even if we don't, um, you know, like their choices so much, we still respect that they can make choices in the business world. I'm not talking about, yeah. you know, something else. You know, it, it, it's a, it, you know it's, it's impressive when we see people make choices, stick to them and do something with them. And choosing who you serve sends a message to the people that you are attempting to serve, hmm. that you have dedicated yourself to them. And I think that's very, very important. And if that message is consistent, it'll help you earn trust because consistency builds trust. Hmm. Consistency demonstrates credibility. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah, never more important than today, right? In our niched out world, maybe. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. You use the word uh, niche. Yep. Oftentimes, niche and target market are conflated. Hmm. And maybe it's just semantics, but I do believe that our semantics um, influence the way that we think about our work. If we're trying to systematize our work, we need to use language in very specific ways uh, to help us move towards where we want to go. And so I have separated this idea of target market and niche because I often see them used uh, interchangeably. Um, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes they mean something different. So I've made a very specific choice to say target market is the specific group of people or businesses that you serve. It's the demographic that you serve. The niche is the area of specialty that you get known for. It's what you become an authority in. And so there's, if you're serving a target market, say, you know, you're serving uh, chiropractors, that's your target market. Well, there are lots of different service professionals who bring those chiropractors different expertise on different subject matter, but they serve the same target market. So it's very important for us to make a very clear choice with respect to who we serve and also what we specifically are bringing them. And so one of the building blocks of the foundation is understanding why people buy. And it always starts with the target market. There are four elements that we need to consider. Number one, the target market. Okay. Number two, what they need and what they desire. Of course, because... If we don't know who we're serving, it's very hard to understand what they need and what they desire. Now, if we understand what this specific group of people or businesses need and desire, well, then we can choose to bring them one big result, something that we can hang our hat on. Now, of course, there's lots of different things that we can offer people, lots of different results we can help them get. But we need to base our reputation on this one big result, and that one big result will yield deep-rooted benefits for that target audience from, from a financial perspective, from an emotional perspective, from a physical perspective, and of course, from a spiritual perspective. And so those four elements need to be in place. You have a target market. You know what they need and what they desire. You have one big result that you help them get, something you can hang your hat on. And of course, finally, the benefits of that result from a financial, emotional, physical, and spiritual perspective. Now, one more thing I want to say about target market. There are three reasons the target market is essential. Number one, because this way we know where to find them. We know where to do our marketing. Because if we identify where our target audience hangs out, then it's a lot easier to say, this is where I'm going to market. And if you decide, well, that's where I'm going to go market, you can build up a lot of awareness over time because of the aggregate of all the marketing you've done, as opposed to a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit over here, a little bit over there. And then a second reason we need to have a target market is because they know we're dedicated to them, as I mentioned earlier. So you know where to find them. They know you're dedicated to them when you show up there. And finally, they already have established networks of communication. They're already talking to each other. And they will then spread our messages for us if they are interested in doing so. This is perfect lead. And one thing that's uh, struck me in the foundational elements of your system, uh, it's found in chapter four and it's titled, 
uh, how to talk about what you do. And this is one of those things that's incredibly difficult for people. You know, on the one hand, you don't want to come off as arrogant and self-centered talking about your business. But on the other, uh, you don't want to starve. And so talking relevantly and intelligently about what we do is incredibly important. How do you suggest we think about this and, and go about it out in the real world? Yes. So we need to be able to talk about what we do without sounding confusing, uh, without sounding bland, and probably without sounding like everybody else. Yep. But I think we should do it without ever using an elevator speech or a 30-second commercial or pitch or whatever uh, hmm. other terms are applied to that. Um, you know, if I give a speech and there are 3,000 service professionals in the audience, I will say, hey, do me a favor. Raise your hand. If you just love, love listening to other people's elevator speeches, <laughs> okay. Rarely do, does a hand ever go up. Right. Once in a while, there's some dude who's like, "Yo, I do me." So okay, no, nobody wants to listen to it. And then I say, "Okay, well, here's the next question: How many of you absolutely love, love giving this elevator speech that you've created?" And usually it's the same guy. Yo, dude, me, me, right? <laughs> yep. And nobody else is like, I don't want to, you know, uh, you know. And a few people maybe say, no, I've been doing it for a long time. I feel comfortable doing it. But for the most part, you know, people feel uncomfortable doing it. And, you know, when I first started, um, you know, I came for, I'd spent about five years in the, in the business world. And, but before that, as you mentioned, I was an actor. And so, um, you know, a good actor can perform a monologue. Yep. Yeah. And I was having trouble doing this. So I thought, well, if I'm having trouble giving an elevator speech, how does uh, someone who is not trained as a professional performer give an elevator speech? Right. So the more I looked at it, the more I started listening to it, I said, this just doesn't make any sense. Who on earth wants to listen to you pitch something? Now, one important caveat. The elevator pitch is fantastic for startups. If you are trying to, you know, start a business, you want to raise some money or you're trying to, you know, convince people of this idea, you got to have some sort of pitch. You know, you got 30 seconds. Here's my idea. I want to put a bookstore on the internet and people will buy books and will ship them. No brick and mortar stuff. That's right? crazy. That's insane. Yeah. And they go, that's insane. That's never going to work. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos needed, a, you know, need an elevator pitch. Um, even the, the Twitter folks, you know, uh, need an elevator pitch. Uh, after, you know, when they started thinking about raising some money and going out and, and doing it bigger. Um, you know, so that's absolutely essential, but it's not how the relationship develops between a service professional and right. a potential client. Right. That's a very specific uh, need for a very specific time and place. Absolutely. And so this dynamic is so personal between the service professional and the uh, potential client that we run the risk of making it transactional and potentially phony um, if we use some hyperbole-laden, uh, flowery, over-the-top speech. So I have this crazy idea. Robert, this is – you've probably never heard of this before in your entire life, okay? <laughs> if you need a dictionary, get it out now because I'm going to give you a word that is very, very difficult to understand. All Ready? Right. Got it. Okay. Have a conversation. Conversation is, is the is the word. Now I know that's not Hold something on. that Conver yeah, look it up. Okay. conversation. Okay. Okay. 
And, you know, look, obviously, you know, I'm being very cheeky because I, <laughs> because I think this is a cheeky subject. You know, it's like, why can't we just talk to people? Someone says, what do you do? And I say, well, you know, uh, I'm a business author and I help these people do this. I go, oh, really? That's so cool. I never met anybody who wrote books. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know, I write books for these people and these are the problems that they have and these are the desires that they have. And, you know, and they say, oh, my God, my sister, you know, Susan has that exact same issue. I go, oh, but does she really want this? And that's the one big, you know, thing that I help people get. And she goes, oh, God, if she could just do that, it would be amazing. I said, yeah, but it's even more than that. Not only can she get that thing, but from that comes et cetera, et cetera. And now we're in a conversation and it's never going to go the same way twice. So somebody might say, yeah, but Michael, that's like, that's just a different way of using the elevator pitch. Absolutely. That's the point. Hmm. So the technology is the same. You need to know who you're serving. You need to know what they need and what they desire. You need to know the big result you help them get. You need to know the deep rooted benefits of that result from a financial, emotional, physical, and spiritual perspective. And if you really do, I mean, really deeply do, then you can talk about it any which way till Sunday. Three seconds, 30 seconds, three minutes, three hours, it doesn't matter. The reason often people often hold on so tightly to this idea of an elevator pitch is because they don't really, really know who they serve, what they need, what yeah. they desire, the result they give them, and the benefits. That's perfect. And that's why we try to make it up in this speech. You say that super simple selling is an element of building trust and credibility with, with uh, our customers and our clients. Uh, how in the world can selling really be simple? Super <laughs> simple even. You make this claim super simple. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, well, yeah, I just like alliteration. So, I find <laughs> yeah. so um, yes, I think it actually can be simple. You know, selling is really a very simple transaction. You have something somebody wants and they're willing to give you uh, some sort of currency for, uh, you know, for that value. So it's really a very straightforward, sort of simple concept. Now, one of the reasons that I think selling is often difficult is because, again, as I said at the beginning, it happens at the wrong time. So this, okay, I'll give you an example. You, I'm sure, been to those big seminars where, you know, some uh, people are on the stage giving some sort of presentation. Yep. But the presentation is pretty much a pitch for some $100,000 thing that's that right. Selling, right and you this is the first time you've ever really been exposed to this person well um you know sometimes they can manipulate you into wanting that thing right that's not the kind of sales that you know uh i believe that the copy blogger community are interested in you know in uh, participating in right so if you're going to be someone of high integrity you 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 you're not going to do that kind of thing you're not going to feel comfortable making these big sales offers that are not proportioned to the amount of trust that you've earned. Hmm. And so you're going to go a lot slower. And if you follow the book yourself, Solid System, if you create this, this sequential process where people move deeper into your environment and when they are compelled to hire you, they raise their hand and come to you, hmm. then having a sales conversation is actually very simple. What I find most of the time is that when somebody wants to talk to me about doing a program with me, coming into a mentoring program or something like that, it, they usually already know they want to come. And the questions that they ask, they already know the answers to. They just want them validated. Because these people have spent so much time in my community. Hmm. And I think that's very, very important. 
So to me, the, you know, very, there's a very simple formula that I always suggest people use when they're having a sales conversation, no matter you know, uh, how long they've known that person. First, you always want to know exactly what that person wants to achieve. And you know, it may seem obvious, oh, well, well they want to get clients. Well, really, is, are you sure that's exactly what they want? So I have to dig deep into that. Because if somebody is not, if somebody that, with who, to whom you're trying to sell doesn't know exactly what they want, it's very difficult to actually sell them what you have and what they need. Yep. So we got to get clear on that. First, we need to know what they want, what they want to achieve. Now, if, we, if they can articulate that so that they are clear and we understand it, then we want to make sure that both of us understand the benefits of that achievement. You know, of course, if they start talking about the benefits, they start to light up. They start to get excited. They start to change their state in a positive way. And if this is happening, then you can say to them, look, do you want someone to help you achieve that? Want someone to get you there, to help you get there. And now if, they, uh, if they're talking to you, it's likely that the answer is yes. So to me, the next question is, well, would you like that person to be me? Because that is my area of expertise. That is what I do every single day. In fact, that's why I get up every day. Help you do just that, right? Yep. And, you know, there's just four parts. You got to know what they want. You got to know why they want it. And then you want to make sure that they want someone to help them with it. And then finally, you can offer yourself. And it's just, it's, this is not a script, very important. It's not a script. It's a framework that you can use to have sales conversations. And if you have them at the right time, um, then it's usually a pretty easy conversation to move through. Yeah, I can see that. That's a great point too. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems to be the uh, perfect antithesis of cold calling. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I I would be petrified to cold call. (laughs) Seriously. I've never done it in my life and I never would. And uh, you know, I know that People still have to do it, I guess, in some you know uh, arenas. Uh, I'm not so sure that they still have to do it, but God, I, I literally yeah. I would close up shop if I had to do that with this business. I literally would close up shop, and I you know I don't know I go cut grass for a living. Yeah, right. I mean, this is that, yeah. This is you know the thing one of the most feared uh, uh, functions of business of the last you know 50 years, whatever it's been, uh, that people have this cold calling, and you've laid out. This four-step process. Yeah, I mean, let me, and also let me give you an example. So I, I mentioned that you know that cheesy speaker who gives you this big sales pitch, you know, from the stage. Right. Well, one of the most effective um, self-promotion strategies, one of the seven core self-promotion strategies, in fact, is public speaking. And mm. when I first, so now I'm a paid speaker, right? I developed myself into a professional speaker. Yep. When I first started, I just did speeches to create awareness. Um, you know, of my services for my target audience. And I found I would have paid to be there. Give me a quick example. I don't want to interrupt you, but uh, give me a quick example of what that one of those might have looked like. Are you talking about super local, uh, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, you know, I'd go speak at the JCC. Yep. I'd go speak at uh, a yoga studio to the yoga teachers. Perfect. I'd go speak at, you know, et cetera. But I didn't, I didn't know what, how to, I'm not going to sell stuff to them right here. I just didn't feel at that stage uh, in my life uh, as a business owner comfortable pitching stuff from the stage. Sure. And I still don't. But so what I did is I said, but I need to figure out a way 
to, to bring them into my community so I can demonstrate uh, the value that I can bring to them. So I said, you know what I need? I need and always have something to invite people to offer. Hmm. It's exactly as it sounds. It's something that when you meet people, you can invite them to that has virtually no barrier for entry. Hmm. And so I said, okay, what what should I do? What should I do? Well, at the time I had been developing my brand identity and I decided I wanted to be the guy to call when you're tired of thinking small because every day I get up to help people think bigger about who they are and what they are for the world. So I said, what if I did a call every single week at the same time called the Think Big, at the time it was the Think Big call. It became really big. So then I turned it into a Think Big revolution (laughs) and it was the same time every week. I still do it 12 o'clock. Eastern time on Tuesdays Hmm. and it's free. It always will be because nobody owns big ideas and it's a community. So each week I'll bring a different topic that'll help people think bigger. You know, I introduce it for 10 or 15 minutes. Then I say, what do you think? And we have a conversation. There's a lot of really interesting questions posed, lots of opinions offered, support, and everybody's very inspired by the end. And over the years, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, of course. And what I've found is that 80% of the people who um, buy my products and services, first come through that. But Incredible. here's the thing. Yeah. There is no selling on that call ever. Mm. Mm. Ever. Period. I mean, I cannot put a bigger exclamation point on that. Yep. So, you know, a lot of times you'll get on the thing and you'll hear a big thing and then, oh, come and buy. I, I'll do a promotional call. But I always say, this is a promotional call for this workshop that I've got coming up. I'm going to introduce you to the concepts that we're going to talk about at the workshop, and I'm going to introduce you to the workshop. Very specific. But in the Think Big revolution, none of that exists. But it doesn't mean that these people don't fall in love with what I can offer them and then come and look at those other products and services. So this way, when I was uh, you know, giving a speech, I'd say, hey, come to the Think Big revolution. It's great. You, know, you can go to thinkbigrevolution.com. You can get in for free. You don't even have to sign up to be a member. You can just go take the phone number and call in. If you like it, you'll keep coming back. And if you don't, um, you won't. Simple as that. And this is a perfect example of what you mentioned before, which is consistency. How many, how many years have you been doing this, the, the call, the weekly well, call? I started the call in about 2003. Yep. So I took about two years off from doing it. Okay. But I think that, you know, what I realized is how important it was. Like, you know, I got to the point in my business where I said, I don't really need it anymore. Yeah, right, right. I'm so big. You know, it was one of those things, right? It was baloney. <laughs> it was just, you know, it was just this, uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, you get caught up in, uh, in, in, the, in the way that uh, the external world describes you. So I'm like, I don't yep. need to do that every week. That's, you know. You believe in your own press, missed. man. What'd you say? You believe in your own press. Yeah, I was believing in my own <laughs> press. And I, and I started to, A, miss the people that I was talking to about thinking big in that capacity. Mm. Um, and I also realized that I had sort of left them. You know, yeah. I, it was, and, and so I came back to it and now I do it every week again, you know, and, and I, I plan on continuing to do it as long as I, you know, think it's helping them. And as long as I also am getting value from doing it both, both personally and professionally. And I remember what the point was, but yes, you were talking about consistency. So, you know, I, I did take some time off, but then I came back to it. And, um, and so here, this was going to say, so when I gave a speech, I would just say, here, come to this thing. And then, of course, if I met somebody at a cocktail party or a networking event or, you know, uh, somebody was introducing my services to somebody else in a referral capacity, instead of saying, well, go talk to Michael, they'd say, go to the Think Big Revolution. Here's yeah. the number. 
Here's where you get it. And I would say to somebody, instead of trying to say, hey, can we talk about potentially us working together? I'd say, hey, come to this thing that I do every week. Mm. And then we started to get more connected because of it. And they go, wow, this is really cool. It's a dem- and, yeah, demonstration of your expertise without you having to say a word other than absolutely. what you're expert in. Yeah. Absolutely right. Okay, let me, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're hitting up against the wall here. And I want to cover two things real quickly um, that are, I think, really important. You lay out in your, um, this seven core self-promotion strategies in, uh, in your book, Book Yourself Solid. We, we don't have time to go over them all. And of course, I don't even want to give away the farm here. So um, if you're good, can we take a look at two that I think copy blogger folks are really going to resonate with? Sure. Um, the first one is your writing strategy. How do you look at writing as a part of this entire process? And what are some ways that we can use really good writing skills to book business? Sure. Okay. So I know we're, we're pushing up against the, the end of our time in the podcast, but I, I do want to say that there are seven of these, right? Networking, direct outreach, which is not cold calling, right? Networking yep. to me is developing deeper relationships with the people that you already know. And direct outreach is developing relationships with the people that you would like to know, but do not yet know. For example, if you want to use the writing strategy, you might want to know editors. You might want to know other authors. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so we need to identify who are these people that could open doors for us to, uh, you know, this massive community of our target audience. So we put them on our list of 20 and each day we reach out to one, two, three of them in a way that is relevant not asking for anything, but attempting to build a relationship over time. So maybe you write a blog post about them, let them know. Maybe you comment on their blog post. Maybe you just write them a little card or a note, you know, that old-fashioned thing. Yep. Yeah? Um, and maybe you, um, you know, make some sort of introduction for etc. So there's a lot of different things we can do, but you do it about once a month in a different way each time. And so over time, you'll start to build a relationship because, of course, these people are going to check you out. They're going to say, are you... Who is this person who's being so nice and helpful? <laughs> and if you look like a really cool, interesting, legitimate, credible professional, hmm. well, then they'll start to talk to you. But if you ask for stuff, I mean, every day, people who are, I mean, you know, Brian Clark, I imagine every day probably gets 50 requests. Brian, can you do this for me? Yep. Brian, can you do that for me? And he's going to help out as many people as he possibly can, but, you know, he's only got a certain amount of bandwidth. Yep. And so if you show up to him cold and say, hey, Brian, can you do this for me? The answer generally is going to be, what are you, crazy? Yeah, right. Now, Brian's not going to say that, but you, you, know, you get my point. So, so that's how this direct outreach really, really helps you. So you've got networking, direct outreach. Of course, you've got referral strategies, number three. You've got keeping in touch strategies, number four. You've got speaking, writing, and web strategies um, you know, as, as uh, five, six, and seven. Yep. Okay. And the way that I look at it is I look at networking, direct outreach, referrals, and keeping in touch as mandatory. We've got to really develop um, very systematic approaches to deepening our relationships with our current network, building the network through the direct outreach, earning referrals through the community that we're serving, and of course, keeping in touch with all potential clients, with potential referral partners, with networking um, uh, partners, et cetera, et cetera. Let me and say then, real quick, I, I just love, you keep bringing up systems and systematic. And I love that. I mean, there, there really is at the core of this book. It's in the, the subtitle even, of course, but this, this is really important. So what you do, 
um, through the seven core self-promotion strategies and other things in the book, you create a brain dead, repeatable system. Is that not brain dead in the sense of <laughs> when you're, when you're communicating with people, right. But, but, but in the sense of what do I have to do next? Oh crap. Yes. I missed this. I missed yes. that. I need to, is, am, am I on track yeah, there? I mean, the idea behind, you know, a system is it may take some time to set up a really strong system. Yeah. But if you put the effort into creating a system, then the, the results uh, are significant, especially if you continue to improve that system. Hmm. And so, yes, you know what to do every day when you get up to de- develop your business. Yep. And what you will find over time is small ways to improve it. Right? Hmm. Small, continuous improvements. But, you know, you're not, you know, it's not like a massive new endeavor every time. Yeah, right. Making and it again, up from it's scratch. The, it's consistency that's key. Hmm. Right? Consistency for yourself with respect to the way that you work on your business. Yeah, right? love it. So, you know, again, those, those four mandatory strategies, networking, direct outreach, referrals, and keeping in touch, to me, those are the wheels that drive this race car. Okay. And then, you know, you can add in uh, some, you know, some turbo boost or some horsepower by using the speaking strategy, using the writing strategy, and using the web strategy, right? Now, the web strategy, of course, everybody should have a fantastic website. I mean, this is the copy blogger world. You guys are bloggers, so you get that kind of thing. But not everybody has to go hardcore into pay-per-click advertising, you know, other types of SEM, SEO, all that stuff. That is not necessary to get book get booked solid. Mm. It could it can be incredibly powerful if you love it and are great at it and are willing to commit long term to it. We're going back so, to your your call. Yeah, it's your call. Right? Or, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, your your the think big uh, revolution. I mean that that simple thing applied to the web. It's exactly right. It's you know that can be applied to you know so many different venues. I've seen people do it. Um, out in the park every week. I've seen mm. people do it in bars. Mm. I've seen people do it at dentist offices, dentist's office, believe it or not. So, um, so yeah, so absolutely. But, you know, you can do a lot of that web stuff if you love it. You can do public speaking to really put extra horsepower into your marketing if you love it and are great at it. And, of course, you can do tons of writing either on the self-publishing side or the um, getting published by other side. I don't mean self-publishing in terms of writing a book, but blogging is self-publishing. Yep. Producing content and putting it out yourself is self-publishing. And then also, how can you use the platforms that others have built? And you know, how can you develop relationships with the people that guard the gates so that they will include you in that community? Yep. Okay, final question. If you had to, this is kind of a desert island question, so prepare yourself. If you, if you had to leave just one philosophy, strategy, or tip on the table here, um, something about how copy blogger readers can book themselves solid with clients and customers, what uh, what would it be, and why? Okay, can I uh, give you a little parable? Absolutely. Okay, so I want you to think about this. There's an old man, a little boy, and a donkey. The old man, little boy, and the donkey want to go into town. So they start off on their journey. And the boy is riding on the donkey, and the old man is walking next to the donkey. And they're on their merry way. And as they passed some people, they shamed them. They said, boy, what are you doing on that donkey? How could you make that old man walk? What kind of child are you? 
And, and the child said, oh, my God, I'm, they're absolutely right. We need to switch. So, of course, they switched. And the old man got on the donkey and the little boy walked. And they went on their merry way. And guess what? They passed some more people who shamed the old man and said, old man, what are you doing? That's horrible. You shouldn't be on a donkey and make a little boy walk. What kind of person are you? And the old man said, oh, my God, they're absolutely right. We, we have to change. What should we do? And they thought about it. And they said, ah, yes, we'll both walk next to the donkey. That's a great idea. We'll walk next to the donkey. That's perfect. It'll solve all our problems. That's what we should do. And guess what? They passed some farmers who were working out in the field. And the farmers were laughing, cracking up, saying, look at those idiots. They have a perfectly good donkey, and they're walking next to the donkey. What's wrong with them? And of course, they went, oh, my God, they are so absolutely right. We are idiots. What should we do? And then they had a bright idea. They said, I know we should both ride the donkey. Yeah, that's exactly what we should do. So they did. They got on the donkey, and now they feel like they're so smart. They're on their way to their goal. And then they passed some more people who shamed them and said, what are you thinking? That is inhumane to put such a load on a donkey. How dare you? And they went, oh, my God, they're absolutely right. We are really horrible people. <sighs> you know what we should do? We should make this right. We should carry the donkey. <laughs> so they did. They picked up the donkey, and they carried the donkey. And they're about to get into town to their destination. And they have to cross a bridge. And as they cross this bridge, the donkey slips out of their hands, falls into the river, and drowns. And the moral of this story is if you, if you try to please everyone, you might as well kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> that is what I want to leave you with. You uh. have to be fully self-expressed. You don't do it the way other people want you to do it. You do it the way you want to do it. Legendary. Legend. That might be the best, uh, the best moment of season one uh, of this podcast, man. Michael, thank you. This has been so cool um, for me and I hope for, for those out there listening. Thanks for laying down uh, so much usable information for us. Um, if copyblogger folks want more of you, where can they find you out there on the web? Sure. Uh, BookYourselfSolid.com. Go pick up a bunch of free chapters from the book over there. And, um, you know, I write a blog at BookYourselfSolid.com forward slash blog. And I hope it's helpful as well. Oh, yeah. And, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if this show does anything to you or for you, as always, please uh, head on over to iTunes and think about give us a rating, uh, giving us a rating or a comment. Michael, I really appreciate your time and uh, hope to have you on the show again soon. Yeah, thanks so much. And one thing in terms of appreciating, uh, you know, and, and rating the, your, your content, you are fantastic. You know, I do these interviews, obviously, all day long, and you have got something special. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity uh, to do this with you. Oh, thanks, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye now. Internet marketing for smart people. Radio. Weekly tips for building and marketing your profitable business online. From copyblogger.com. Copyblogger.com.